You're listening to The Private Citizen, your weekly data privacy podcast. This is episode 37 for Wednesday, the 2nd of September, 2020. Unsecure restaurant contact tracing lists. Hello, everybody. I'm Fab. I'm your host coming to you from Hamburg, Germany, just off one way 33 of Hamburg International Airport, where I'm sitting... Uh, sipping a nice gunfire because um, winter is coming and autumn is there and the nights are getting cold and uh, yeah the leaves are starting to fall it's uh, it's getting really really autumny here so I need to warm up a little bit for this for this show today um, nice nice of you to join me Nice for you to be here today. We will talk about a story that came out in Germany last week um, that concerns coronavirus um, contact tracing lists that you have to fill out in restaurants. Uh, I talked about this in previous episodes. That that has been the reality in Germany for a few months now, and um, of course they're using um, of course they're using digital systems in the cloud, and of course they're vulnerable. Um, so that's that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, but before we get into that topic, I got some housekeeping to take care of um, because um, I am moving. I've talked about this. Um, I will be moving in uh, less than two weeks now um, from Hamburg to Düsseldorf, which is a 400 kilometer plus move, which is quite a quite an undertaking. I mean, uh, I mean, we, um, me and my wife, we've been. Been moving quite a lot in the last ten years. Um, within within the last ten years, I have lived in uh, in Bonn, in London, in Hanover, and in Hamburg. And we've because we uh, it's always like job related, and uh, quite often we have to move independent of each other. So um, my wife moved to Hamburg and got a flat there, and I still had a flat in Hanover, and there was all this it's back and forth. So uh, we've we've moved more than. That would imply there were more moves um, from different flats to each other as well. So we're quite we're quite used to moving, but nonetheless, um, it is a significant disruption, and it will disrupt this podcast uh, a little bit, which is um, regrettable, um, especially for everybody who's who's supporting me. Um, I kind of pledge to release. Uh, an episode every Wednesday, unless there are um, special circumstances, and uh, we have reached this juncture because I think this this counts as um, attenuating circumstances. Is that what you call? I don't. Yeah, it's uh, it's just you know this this will this will cause disruption, and I can't I can't change that. So first of all, there's the move, and then there's the question of internet. Um, I've got fiber into the flat um but there is there are problems because the um the landlord is a big is a huge uh, company there uh, you know they build houses and rent them um but they have no idea what's going on uh, i i'm currently working with um an isp to figure out what's going on but basically i have to do everything uh, myself that will be a um that might be a little bit of a of a thread that runs through this episode. So I've, I've, I have to warn you uh, beforehand, there will be rants because I'm in a ranty mood. I've spent pretty much the last week um, starting to organize things for this move. 
and um, it turns out everybody's fucking incompetent out there uh, nobody knows anything um you ever you got to do everything for yourself um it's i mean it's, it has always been a little bit like that uh but it's getting definitely it's getting worse um i think the whole um everybody working from home thing is is uh, is part of it um yeah is people have not gotten more competent or um have gotten more work done because of that let's 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 put it that way so yeah i'm I'm currently in a situation where you know it's typical germany um we usually we don't have fiber even if we have fiber you know it's it's somewhere in the ground and then nobody knows what end you have to connect to anything it's horrible um so that's that's going to be a thing so the move i kind of you know we got that planned out i'm i'm pretty sure you know we'll get everything moved by the by the time we we've got allotted for that but then the question is will i have internet and uh, on top of that um we had decided um that after we move in um we're probably gonna leave everything uh in boxes and we're just gonna go on holiday for a bit because you know while i was i was in norway with my dad recently but my wife <laughs> hasn't had any holiday all year and for the best part of the year she's she's actually been working two jobs uh, in parallel so she's she's deserved a uh, break and we're going to take that so i'm going to pause the podcast for that as well so what i'm going to do um today wednesday this is a normal episode obviously normal release s- schedule but that that will pause i will try to uh, record and release um a few more episodes I'm i'm aiming at this episode and then two more episodes but i can't promise that it depends on how much you know i've got some driving back and forth from hamburg to sort of to do we have to build a, a, um, a, a people are coming building the kitchen into the flat i've got to be there for all the deliveries i gotta oversee the the building of the kitchen because you know my wife has a normal job so it's kind of that's kind of the price i pay for being a freelancer to sort this kind of stuff out so i've got a lot of that stuff to do um, but I will try um, to do this episode and then two more, and but they'll be released whenever I can get them out. And after that, um, there will be a break, um, and I'm 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 guessing until October. So I'm guessing in the beginning of October, maybe if everything goes completely according to plan and I actually have internet, um, the normal Wednesday um, that I wanted to will want to resume the the Wednesday schedule would be the 30th of September, uh, but it could be a week longer, so it could be October. Um, I am pledging to you that I will uh, record and release another episode as soon as I can um, after we you know after we've we've had some holiday um, because I mean this is usually you can maybe you can imagine I mean, my wife's working two jobs she's in Düsseldorf I'm in Hamburg you know we've got we've got to sort the flat out that we have here you know got to get that handed over to the new tenants all of this um got to build the kitchen uh into the flat in 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 Düsseldorf and then uh you know got some other stuff to sort out there got the internet to sort out it's 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 and it's just incompetence all the way all the way around right so you you go to ikea ikea you plan a kitchen with them they have this all set up right you plan the kitchen with them and um you're like okay so uh i'm also paying you to build it in into the flat so uh you'll you're gonna deliver the kitchen and then have people come build it in the flat now the problem is of course they can't just deliver the whole kitchen because you know there's like one 
one of the cupboards they didn't have in the you know in the one ikea in Düsseldorf where we ordered it they have it in other ikeas but then they can't chip it and i was like and it's all white and they wanted to give us one cupboard that was black and my wife was like who cares just the inside i'm like no i'm not having this i'm way too ocd can't open like that one cupboard and it's black from the inside and all the others are white can't have that um so i i was like how can we solve this so i actually while while um, they were doing other stuff in the kitchen planting. I was like on the internet checking out other ideas. I'm like, hey, you know, Duisburg is just like where my parents live, right? It's like it's half an hour from the like the Duisburg IKEA is half an hour from the one in Düsseldorf. And I was like, it's it's there, yeah, but we can't deliver it. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna buy the cupboard there <laughs> and deliver it myself. So that's the other thing. I've so I bought a one of the cupboards I bought, and but it's huge. It's like two meters long. Uh, luckily, we have a, tra- a WVW transporter, so I could transport it, but I couldn't store it anywhere because we didn't have the keys to our flat yet. So I had to store it with my parents. So now I have to go there, pick it up, drive it to Dusseldorf, and oh, it's just like it's 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 incompetence all the way down. <laughs> um, so that's just uh, to explain to you. While there will be some disruption in service, but I, I pledge to uh, you know get back to the normal schedule uh, as soon as possible, and also do. Um, as much episodes as I can uh, in between. Uh, I mean, there's enough topics. I've got this like like two pages in my notebook with just with topics for the podcast here. So that's not a problem. And new topics will be coming up. So it's more like when can I actually record and release. Um, but anyway, today um, we have a topic. And um, with all that out of the way, I think we should, we should get into that topic. <laughs> and... Um, so yeah, as I said before, it's uh, coronavirus stuff again. It's just like you know, when it comes up, I'm I'm gonna just streamline that into the show. Um, it's at this point, I feel like it's normal um, privacy stuff. It's just become a reality, and it's become uh, a huge uh, privacy uh, issue. And so there'll be there'll be probably more stuff coming up. So um, the 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 story we're gonna talk about. Uh, today, um, it's also uh, in Germany, kind of uh, was named uh, gastro fail, hashtag gastro fail, gastro being um, not so much as in English gastrointestinal, uh, in, in Germany, uh, gastronomy is the uh, business of running a restaurant, so it's like a restaurant uh, business fail, I would you would probably say, and this is a story that um, I wrote up for Heiser, um, this was a... Um, the Chaos Computer Club, which is like the people are into security, will know the CCC. They're like a German-friendly hacker collective. They've been around forever. And they see it as their job uh, to be like a regulatory body in society when it comes to IT and uh, security issues, basically, uh, very loosely. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, I, by, you know, I've been writing so long for us. By now, by now, I know a few people there and somebody... Um, clued me into the story and it's like we're going live with this tomorrow do you want to write about it and i I did so there's a link in the show notes and in case you speak german uh that sends you to my heiser story where you can also read it all in depth um show notes as usual are at privatecitizen.press where you find everything um important um as regards to the episode there's there's links of obviously to subscribe to the podcast uh, we're, we're on Spotify, on 
on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, and um, there's a Pocket Cast link as well because I like Pocket Casts. And of course, an RSS feed. In case you're not subscribed yet, you, maybe you're not because there's also an MP3, uh, you know, listening thing there, you know, where it's just embedded uh, in the page. Um, there's a direct link to the MP3 in case you just want to download it, uh, link to the show notes, obviously, well, kind of like a permalink thing. And um, yeah, everything else you need, uh, how, how you can support the podcast and how you can send me feedback. And we'll, we'll get to that later. Uh, I always make a big point about how important feedback is to me. And it is at that. So you can go to privatecitizen.press and you'll find it all. So uh, what was what was going on here? So um, basically a few uh, CCC people were in a restaurant. And so they were asked to, you know, I've, I've talked about this uh, on the show before uh, for a few months now. Um, it's like some federal states started in Germany and now it's, I think it's pretty much a universal in every federal state. Uh, whenever you go into an establishment like a restaurant or like, yeah, let's say a massage parlor or something like this. Um, you have to put your um, name, address, and phone number down, an email address, um, and or email address, I guess. So this is um, this is uh, the rule is that the state is kept for forty days, and in case there's like a you know they do contact tra- contact tracing of a SARS CoV two outbreak, um, they can just you know contact people with this list who were, you know, let's say in the restaurant at the same time as the person they are tracing. And generally, uh, people started doing this just on with paper. You know, just have a list there and you can just, you know, you have to put that, your name down, whatever. And it's all kind of like, you know, they can't really enforce, um, it's not law, and they can't really enforce this, um, it's a, it's a Verordnung in German, which is not a law, it's like a, it's a policy thing, right? It's a... Um, they can't. They can't enforce it. So um, what they can do is they they can enforce that restaurants enforce this for their clients, right? Because you know they can require you to put your address down when you enter the establishment because it's not a public place. You know, you know, you don't have to go to the restaurant. So um, they can do that, and the authorities can kind of say if you don't do that as a restaurant, we're going to shut you down. Now um, they can't enforce that you put your actual um, name and address, your actual data down. Because, um, I mean, while we while we all have ID cards in Germany, um, the the restaurant owner is not allowed to like to say, okay, I want to check this, show me your ID. Um, that is only something that um, state um, employees, so to say, you know, the police can do that, and they have, they have to have a reason, right? They can do ID checks, but they have to have a reason as a private person or as a um, as a company, you're not allowed to do that. So they can't even, they can't check. So you could put down anything. So it's all like this whole Corona, like everything with this idiotic uh, response to this pandemic. It's just like ad hoc bullshit, right? They didn't change any laws. So, they, you know, the legal framework hasn't changed. So it's just like, um, basically, because they, they were too slack, I guess. You know, it all had to be fast, right? So they were, I'm, that's what they probably would say, you know, the, the legislature. I'm, I'm saying they were too slack to actually uh, think up laws and make them make them stick, right? Make them, um, I mean, if you, if you pass a law and you say everybody who goes in a restaurant from now on has to put their name down, then, you know, some somebody might challenge that um, and it might, you know, get, 
to the constitutional court or you know it, it, it'll get to court and then it'll they'll have to see if this law actually um is in line with all the other laws we have and i think it would be so because they didn't want to do that uh, or it would would have been hard to do that and because that that was hard they didn't do it so they just do, did some policy decisions and enforced them right around the the back door basic it's kind of like with the mask right they can't force you to wear a mask um so what what they're doing is they're saying okay if you're in a supermarket um we we will enforce that the supermarket has to enforce that the customers will have masks right and they can do that because they're private property that you're entering uh it's all it's all, i mean i've talked about this long uh for a long time in many previous episodes if you're interested in that you know there's tags on every episode there's a coronavirus one if you click on that you get all the episodes where i talked about this kind of topic and there's lots in there anyway so this is this is the same same kind of thing so they can't really enforce it but it's it's there so people started doing this um obviously just with paper lists which i guess is fine um and of course that's a hassle because there's paper and you have to store that and then you have to, you know, after 14 days, you know, you have to destroy it. And yeah, it's, it's, we should really, you know, we're a modern society. We should really do this digitally. It's probably what somebody said. And so it turns out there's lots of cloud services that um, restaurant owners have been using for ages that do all kinds of things that restaurant owners need to do, right? They can, usually it's like, um, you can put your menu in there um, and then, you know, you can, you can tie that. They have like an online, you know, online ordering system, right? And then you can tie that to online ordering systems like Foodora or stuff like that. Or, you know, to your own website and people will be able to like order food, uh, you know, and have that delivered. And you could do your reservation system with that. That's the thing restaurants need on their website, right? So, so it's, so it's, it's a system like that, um, a cloud system that there, there, there are several of those, but the, the one we're talking about here, um, is one of those. So, so it turns out, you know, there's lots of these, these systems that do this stuff and they pretty much all got the idea when this whole stuff started. It's like, Hey, why don't we build in, a a system where these restaurants can also like do their contact tracing stuff so they don't have to keep lists around and it pretty much works like this you you, you sit down at a restaurant there's like a qr code uh you scan the qr code uh, it sends you to the website which is you know one of these cloud services um in in the case of this uh story we're talking about it's a company called gastronovi uh but there are lots of these and they're pretty much all built in this coronavirus tracking stuff so Back to the CCC members, they're in a restaurant and uh, the waitress comes along and says, um, you know, coronavirus measures, wait, probably sounds like this, coronavirus measures, um, because of those, you'll have to register. And here's a QR code, right? So you can imagine, typical CCC member goes, wait a minute. You want me to put my privacy uh, relevant data into your web service. What kind of web service is this? Okay, yeah, we just use this. Uh, lots of restaurants use this cloud platform. CCC member goes, what cloud platform? Okay. Um, 
I think there's going to be privacy problems with this and uh, we don't really want to do that. And then the wait waitress is like, no, 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 it's all completely secure. And, uh, and you know, your privacy is completely guaranteed. Uh, it's, it's, it's bulletproof. Uh, don't worry. Uh, so you can never say that to somebody from the CCC, right? If, if you say this is all secure, they're just like, it's like a, it's like a red, piece of cloth for a bull right there just go what um so i don't know they probably entered wrong day you know made up data or whatever and then went you know went eight and then went home and then several of these uh ccc members got together and said okay let's look at this cloud platform right that wanted to uh they wanted us to enter the data and that is that is so amazingly secure apparently well and this is how it all began. And basically they found out that it is, um, surprise, surprise, um, pretty unsecure, unsecure. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty horrible. Um, and it's, it's just the usual suspects, right? So, I mean, basically the service, uh, had an API and, you know, just URL you go to, and then, you know, probably JSON or whatever. And, um, and that wasn't wasn't secured. Um, that wasn't even really like you know you could if you if you had a user in the system, um, it it probably um, only where the API is concerned. But I I don't really um, don't really know that. But so basically they, they could, as far as I understood their report, um, they could they could create a user. And probably because, you know, this is a platform um, where you can do reservations. So you can also sign up as somebody, you know, who just wants to reserve a table in a restaurant and you can, you know, probably, so you don't want to sign into, you know, if, if you use the system a lot because you go to lots of restaurants that use it, you can just sign up, right? Um, but anyway, they, they got a user in the system and then they figured out how to get administrator access with that because, of course, I wasn't checking that. Um so it turned out that via the API, they could just query all the data in the system um, just as a random user that had just signed up. And the the whole API was kind of broken, uh, you know, written sloppily. And they could, they could, not only could they get into this coronavirus contact tracing data, but also or the other data that all the restaurants had in the system, right? So they could um, actually, because any user could have done that, any any user that was administering their own like restaurant could access all the data of all the other restaurants. And this like includes the menus. Um, this includes reservations, all the data connected to that. And I mean, it, it went so far that they could actually order stuff and you know because the api was shit usually there there are limits right so you could just go okay so this is a pizza place right so you can like that they have a limit in place like every restaurant can put their own limit and they have a limit like okay you can order 10 pizzas in one order so as so as not to do prank orders right but you could get around that via the api so you could order like 10000 pizzas and anybody around the world could have done this. There were no, like, you could order them to, like, Australia. Because, of course, those constraints, you know, I'm only shipping to, like, this. You know, I'm, I'm only delivering. So I'm, I'm in a, 
like let's say I'm a restaurant in Hamburg. I'm like, okay, I only deliver inside of Hamburg. No, no, no. You could have could have put an order in like, okay, I want ten thousand pizzas to this address in Munich. I mean, they're probably once that hits the restaurant, they probably would have gone. No, we're not making ten thousand pizzas and delivering them to Munich. But you know, it just tells you how shitty that cloud system was. Um, program so what did they actually get so they accessed uh 87,313 entries uh in the coronavirus um contact tracing um category so they had they had 87,000 um data points of people saying you know i stayed at this restaurant uh at, at this time they also got 5.4 million reservations by 4.8 million guests. Um, now, the funny thing is you think, how would they get, like in both of those instances, how would they get that many, that much data? Because the coronavirus um, tracing stuff has to, and, and there were just, you know, a few hundred restaurants concerned, right? So that that would have, should have been deleted after 14 days. And even the reservations um, need to be, Deleted pretty much, you know, the GDPR says that, you know, personally identifiable data, you need to delete um, as soon as possible when you don't, don't need it anymore for any reporting purposes or something, right? And so these there were reservations in the system that were 10 years old, right? And even for like, for tax purposes, right, you'd have to keep data 10 years, but like not, you know, if I go and reserve a table at your restaurant, um, you know, and I go there and I have my meal um, and, you know, the next day you can delete that reservation, right? You don't need to keep my address around, right? I don't, you know, I maybe have to put it in to do the reservation or put some other data in or my name or whatever, right? But you don't have to keep that around. That You don't need to report that for tax purposes or anything, right? So it should have all been deleted. Uh, turns out this company is like kind of saying, well, we are a uh, service provider and we just provide the platform and the restaurants are responsible for deleting. So this is Gastronovi uh, saying this. The, the, the restaurants uh, are responsible for deleting the data. Now, the problem with that is the restaurants kind of don't know. Uh because this is a cloud, this is like a full service cloud service, right? You pay, you pay them a subscription, and then they take care of everything, like your, your whatever you need, maybe even your website or whatever. Like they, you know, their their whole selling point is like, we automate everything, like you need to run your restaurant, and we do everything for you, uh, except deleting the data. I mean, that's probably uh, in a in a terms of service clause somewhere that you have to sign off on when you. Um, start using this system as a restaurant owner, but basically they don't know, um, you know, because nobody reads that. So, you know, aside from this thing being shitty and insecure and uh, unsecure, sorry, insecure, uh, I don't know if the software itself yeah, was, yeah, <laughs> had uh, social problems and didn't want to talk to other, yeah, you know what I mean. Um, no, um, this, the, you know, aside from being completely unsecure and, and you know, it, it also had these other privacy problems where there was like old data in there that should have been deleted and all of this. And of course, um, the, this is, of course, not the first time this has happened because uh, you will, uh, if you've been listening to the show, this will sound... Um, 
kind of familiar to you <laughs> because I've talked about uh, a, a similar case uh, in episode 29 um, where I, you know, generally talked about coronavirus uh, data collection and stuff. And at one point at the end, um, I talked about the story where um, the same thing happened to like a startup in Switzerland called Lunchgate. And they were also hacked. And uh, they, they also, interestingly, had the problem that the data wasn't deleted after 14 days. And um, and at that case, there was two 200,000 guests uh, affected, I think, as I remember. A few more restaurants than in, in this German case. But, you know, I mean, this is this is similar, but it's it just shows a general problem with these systems. I mean, this is something the CCC also said. I mean, in general, these cloud services that are kind of like, I don't know, I'd call, I don't know, I'd call them middleware. I don't think it's strictly middleware, but you know, these B2B kind of software companies that make software that is not, it's not generally thought of as for public consumption, right? So you're, 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 you're developing this software and you're selling it to restaurant owners. And, um, you kind of think of those people or these developers often think of those people as their, I mean, they're their customers, right? And they're their main, um, you know, the, 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 the kind of the, the people that they're interacting with. But what I think what they often forget is that these are publicly accessible systems, right? There's people doing this, entering this data for the coronavirus contact tracing. There's like people entering reservation data. So these, this, this cloud service is of course uh, exposed to the public internet, right? There's an API and all that, but they kind of cater to these, these companies. And I think sometimes or often they don't think enough about the general public, which is using this as well. And, um, and they're not hardening their system as you know i don't know if you're developing like you know the amazon website right you know that this is like exposed on the internet to everybody and you're like okay we need to that's our attack vector that's our our scope that we need to defend against and i think sometimes these companies they're also a bit smaller and you know they're, they're they don't think of that and so there's not in this general of every software development, there's not enough concern for security uh, because you want to get features in, you want to get those out, you want to get paid. And um, of course, security, um, you know, if you have personal data in a system, then it's always directly linked to privacy. It's often confused with privacy, you know, writing about these topics uh, and talking about them often people um you know who read my stories or listen to my podcast when i get feedback they confuse security and privacy issues but it's understandable because one you know the, the you, you can't have privacy uh, in a software system without security because without security something like this happens you know somebody just logs in you know gets administrator privileges and then has access to all the data and the problem with these systems is also that, you know, often, as in this case, you have a system that's designed to, I don't know, uh, manage reservations and then something like this coronavirus thing has to be developed very quickly and gets bolted on and it's all coded very sloppily and, you know, nobody checks the API and checks the that it actually, um, you know, has, has proper access controls and and all of this stuff. So... I mean, if you um, 
if you listen to the CCC on this, they say uh, they recommend you use paper lists. And if you, you know, if you're in a restaurant and they force you to use a cloud service, go to another restaurant. I don't know if that's reasonable, but they also say for the paper lists that uh, actually you shouldn't enter your actual data, just put in like some, some others you know just put something in there you know fake name fake address whatever just put a put a um, correct email address and not your real like create a you know an email address that alias or something that you're just using for this and use that so that you know if they actually want to trace you because you're at risk uh to being um exposed then they can actually send you an email and the email gets through but they don't have to have your personal data I mean, not at the restaurant level, right? Once they do actually do contract tracing, um, then you know you can you can if it's like the health authority, right? You can you can tell them who you are, and whatever. And I think that's that's reasonable. Um, I think it would have been reasonable just to have people sign up with an email address. I mean, the only thing the health authority needs is some sure way of contacting you. Um, they don't actually need to be the name, the name to be in there. They can ask you your name when they contact you. Um, and you know, this is where laws kick in because you're actually required, you know, with current German laws that's, that been around since at least 2000, uh, or 2001, I think is when they were last changed. Uh, you actually have to, you, you are required by law to, uh, to cooperate with health authorities in this, uh, in this regard and but that's that's the only place like th those are the people you need to cooperate with like right you know the restaurant people don't need your address and we've had all these other stories what happens when you put your real address in there like you know there's been women have been stalked by restaurant employees uh the police uses this for you know for some completely unrelated crime um investigations and as i said also uh explained the show uh, in an earlier show, they have to in Germany because they're required by law to actually follow, you know, use all the information they can get. And um, so I I, I agree with the CCC that this isn't something you should use digital systems for because, you know, the, the pen and paper system works. Why not use that? Right. It's 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 much more secure and it's it's much more private and it's it's harder to um it's harder to misuse. Uh, it's harder to take advantage of because you have to actually have to have the physical paper. Yes, you know, a restaurant employee can stalk people, but we're like with a digital system like this, you know, if somebody else, you know, let's say it's not the CCC breaking in here, but like some some random hacker, you know, downloads the database and puts it on the internet, then all these, this personal information is out there forever and it will get, used right and it's used at scale right they would have eighty thousand people's you know presumably in most cases uh valid information and you know could have sold that could have just put that on the internet and it's in one place whereas paperless you know you can seal the paperless at one restaurant but then you know still have to convert you know get the data it's just in their paper right? you have to actually type it all out and all this kind of stuff and you know, it just doesn't scale. So I agree with the CCC on that. But if you ask me, this whole, you know, it's being a second story where this has happened, 
or you know that we talked about this in in this podcast i'm, I'm sure that there have been more stories around the world so if you have any information please you know consider consider sending me stories i'm always interested in reporting on this kind of stuff and even if not just reading them right so private citizen.press contact details in the photo of the site um yeah i mean so if you ask me generally this this just shows that this whole mandatory registration business is is, is shit it should it should have never been allowed um i talked about this also in early episodes uh the that's the problem with the police using this data as well because our politicians in charge didn't make a law when this thing whole thing they should have made a law they you know if 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 the government says you know this this pandemic is so bad and we need to defend against it so we need to have force people to do certain things to to fight the virus because it's such a bad virus then you know pass a fucking law put it into law because that's your fucking job right that's what you're supposed to do in a democracy because then you have to make sure you know it complies with all the other laws it can be challenged people can hold you to account for it and you need to put stuff down right you could have you could have specified things in the law you could have specified that the police can't look at it you can you could have specified that the data needs to be deleted i mean it needs to be anyway because of gdpr but you know you could have put like stiffer penalties in there or like you know enforce the 14 days um generally i don't think this should have been put into law because i don't think it should exist um you know contact tracing is being done um and it has limits and you know sometimes you know somebody goes to rest yes and they'll infect other people i mean yes of course and you won't be able to con to trace it all I mean, we can't we can't trace influenza outbreaks, um, and you know, yeah, yeah, yes, you might you might have more cases, and you have you have more people dying. But it comes back to the thing I've discussed at the very beginning when this whole thing happened, when this whole thing came down. Um, I don't think the response is proportional to what's actually happening um and i don't want to get too deep into that because I've, I've 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 you know you know my opinion on this i've I've talked about this a lot but you know it's it's just sometimes i have to reinforce stuff like that you know the um the virologist that everybody hates because he disagrees with uh in the podcast czar uh drosten who is uh you know i guess he's the chief uh scaremonger here in germany um is kind of the guy who so so Drosten used to be at the University of Bonn, which is my old university, and then went to the charity in Berlin and you know, now it's now on a big ego trip, I guess. But um the guy who took over the lab from him in Bonn, uh was a guy called Streeck. And he's he's the guy who did this Heinsberg study who was like when everybody else was like podcasting and just talking, he actually, you know, got some postdocs uh travel to where the outbreak was and like you know, did some science, you know, what a novel concept, <laughs> you know, took some, um, took some samples from everything and just talked to everybody who had the thing and, you know, 
got information uh, on the disease and stuff like that. And he said, I think in March that, um, you know, there will be no more deaths this year in Germany than any other year. And he's still right. He's still, it's still on track. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, we've had some coronavirus deaths, but we've saved some other deaths. But, but it's just like it. this thing isn't as big as we thought it was. And, you know, yeah, everybody still still talks it up. Everybody tries to keep people scared. But, I mean, it's obviously not that bad. I just, if you think for a second and you think about the people in your general, you know, the people you know, you know, how many people had it? How many people actually know people who had it? Um, how many people actually know people who had serious health issues or had somebody die because of it, right? Um, I, I can just say, like, for me personally, and I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm a nerd, so I don't have that many friends, but I'm quite well connected with healthcare workers through my wife. And... I mean, it's not more than influenza, right? It's about as many people had this as had influenza in the last, I don't know, I can remember 10 years or something. Um, and there's as many serious health issues at people as people I know has had serious health issues because they got influenza. Um, you know, I know I know people who, who whose relatives have died because of influenza because, you know, they were 80 and they got got the flu and then they died um yeah so the problem with, with the response is is that we ha we have this society now where like all this stuff is like it's it's accepted right it's accepted that you have to put your name on a list when you go when you get to a restaurant i mean it's I don't know where you're from and where you're listening to this but i mean i'm from germany right and 10 years ago People were freaking out because Google took pictures of the front of their house from a public space, like from the road. They took a picture of their house and put it on the internet and people freaked the fuck out. Now you have to put your name down when you go to a restaurant and it gets in the cloud and it goes into computer systems that are horrible and that leak that data everywhere. And everybody's like, yeah, but we need to fight the virus. It's, that is just it's just mind blowing to me. It's like completely mind blowing. Yeah, and with that, you know, just closing this uh, this whole topic. I don't, you know, I don't want to belabor it too long because you know we've talked about all of this before. I realize that, but it's like it's it needs to be said again and again. And this is a case that needs to be reported. As far as I can tell, this story was only reported in Germany. Um, I didn't really find any any other references uh, but then maybe I, I missed them also because I've, I had a lot on my plate recently but I didn't find anything um, and I th yeah I think it just needs to be talked about but I, I just thinking about this and looking back um, I mean this is also prompted to some, through some feedback I got which I'm gonna we're gonna get to in a bit but you know in, in last October uh, I, I went to I flew, just imagine this, I flew to London and stayed in a hotel. Oh my God, all the germs everywhere. Um, no, not London, sorry. What, what, what am I talking about? Um, I'm an idiot. Uh, Manchester, of course. 
Was it was it was it Birmingham? Where was our camp? Shit. Can we see this is like this is this is what happens when you don't travel tra travel anymore and just like everything goes everything goes to shit. Um I can't even remember where I was. That bad. Uh Manchester. Was it Manchester? See, I knew it was Manchester. <laughs> so we flew to Manchester. I think we yeah, I think we flew direct. Anyway, why why is this important? It's not. Um so I was at our camp, right? And um The, we had this thing where, you know, Dan and me, Dan, uh, a good friend of mine, um, we used to do a podcast called Linux Outlaws, and it's still probably what I'm most known for, and still people coming up to me. In fact, today <laughs> on Twitter uh, saying, oh, this is a great podcast, I miss it so much. Um, but we were on stage at OCamp 19. I'm saying 19, although it's probably going to be the, the last OCamp. I don't know if there's probably not an OCamp this year. I don't know what's going to happen. Anyway, uh, so we were on stage and doing a little bit of a like retrospective, you know, talking a bit about Linux Outlaws and, you know, we'd, we'd stopped the show years before. And what has happened um, since then? Um, I think when was, when was Linux Outlaws? The 2014, I think. See, I can't even remember. It's, it's it's long long time ago, um, but you know we we're kind of like what what has happened like in the world you know in the Linux world but in the wider world since then, and my feeling back then was like I'd been thinking so this is about a year ago I'd been thinking a lot about the podcast I'd been doing since Linux Outlaws, and I was kind of um, a bit unsatisfied with things how things were going, and I was planning my next thing, and. Um, I did a, another show for a very short time and then I started Private Citizen. And I did that, you know, because I thought, you know, privacy is going to be it's going to be really really important. And this was kind of my thing at the end of that OCamp thing as well. Um so that would that was in October. I mean, I started this show at the beginning of February. Um, so this is all, before, of course, before this coronavirus thing kicked off. But like in October, I was already like, you know, privacy is like for me, it's the new battleground. We started Linux Outlaws because back in the day, you know, Dan and me, both Linux users, and we felt kind of like that's that's the battleground, right? That was the that was that was the thing. Linux was the up and coming thing. It was going, you know, more and more people were using it on the desktop, and it was kind of like being. Um, being battled mostly by Microsoft, you know, to to kind of suppress it, to to keep the the basically the monopoly that Windows has on the on the on the PC desktop. I mean, you know, there's there's Apple, but yes, uh, so it's a relatively small amount of users compared. I mean, everybody is still using Windows, and it was that was kind of for me the back, battleground back then. That was the thing I found interesting. You know, all these people using Linux and, you know, contributing to open source software and basically being being fought by these huge companies who, you know, didn't want the huge money they were making off people uh, to go away. And as time went on, that caused less and less interesting to me. And this is basically why um, 
then we stopped doing Linux Outlaws because we felt like that had played itself out. And for me, that wasn't the important thing anymore. And, you know, I've, since then, I've, I've experimented with doing podcasts about other stuff, about gaming and other things. But I felt in October, it was, you know, privacy was going to be hugely important. It was going to be the big, big, you know, next battleground that I wanted to cover. I want to do a podcast on. And, <laughs> the, the the funny thing about this is I could have never foreseen how how actually how important it would be, be uh, with all this coronavirus stuff going down. And even when I started the show in February, I didn't know. I mean, I mean, by that time we know now, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, that you know this thing started in November or even earlier in China, right? But we didn't know. Even in February, we didn't know it. it just, it was March until it all like hit and we understood. It was a big thing. And then even then, at first, you didn't really understand that it was a privacy thing, right? That just developed. And so so this podcast, The Private Citizen, this just came at the exact right point. Um, I had kind of seen that, you know, privacy was going to be a really important thing, but it's get, it's going, it's getting so much more important. And... I want to, one kind of, one thing I, at the end here, I want to kind of hammer down um, and impress on, on you is that it's going to be so much more important. It's not so much coronavirus um, or the actual response to coronavirus, right? This um, putting your name down when you get to, like not the actual act of like that. I mean, I don't know, but that might go away. Like in a few months or, you know, the panic dies down in a year, that that might go away. The actual privacy problems we are talking about right now because of, because of these measures most likely are going to go away. But the thing that is going to stay is that people are now trained to accept this kind of stuff. In the last year or last half a year or whatever, people people's minds and understanding of the world has been completely changed. People are now accepting putting their name down when they get to a restaurant. They accept wearing masks when they're in public. They completely accept that. They they like it. And this is in a, um, you know, years ago in Germany, we had all these discussions um, if Muslim women that are teachers should be allowed to wear, you know, like a, the, whatever outfit they're wearing, you know, like a headscarf or whatever as, as a teacher, because, you know, teachers are employees of the government and whatever. But like, that was a discussion and people were saying, no, they should, they shouldn't, shouldn't do that. Right. You shouldn't, or you shouldn't be allowed in public to walk around in this like outfit where you can, you can only see your eyes. Right. <laughs> And and it's it's completely changed now. It's like people are I gotten used to that. They they're getting used to this. Um, another thing I've talked about previously is um, we're getting rid of of cash. You know, people are getting used to just paying contactless. Like pay contactless. Why? Oh, coronavirus. Uh, coronavirus doesn't spread. It doesn't. Well, we just do it, <laughs> right? Um, people are being trained to do all these things, and that's not gonna go away. Like the, um, 
the general of approach of I can certainly say of Germans towards privacy has, has been completely changed over the last six months because of this. Um, Germans who are very, very skeptical historically, you know, because of our unique history um, with a very bad fascist regime um, towards these these privacy um, intrusion, intrusions, especially by the government, they're accepting this kind of thing now. And it's going it's gonna to get so much worse because if you look at, like, we're talking about people that are in, in my generation, right, that are uh, in the mid and 30s. We're talking about people that are 50, that are 60, that are accepting all of this. But if you think about the generation that's growing up now, the kids that are now teenagers or the kids that are now younger, that are like, imagine you're, you're just, you're, you're six or eight now. And this is the first, like this, this summer is like the first, you know, this is, if you think back as a kid, there's this formative time where this is the first thing you can, like, if you think back now as, as, as long as you can remember, right? The, 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 the earliest childhood memories, like coherent ones you have probably when you're six or seven or eight, right? And you know, the, these things you remember. Um, for me, it was like the fall of the Berlin Wall. I didn't know back then what was going on, but my parents, who never really watched TV, was like very like glued to the TV for weeks, right? And I didn't know what was going on, but I knew it was special, and it formed me, right? And if you're that in that age now, and suddenly, like for you, it'll be normal that everybody's wearing masks, and all these privacy intrusions will be normal. Right, the government saying, "Well, you can't go out. You can't. You can't stand there. You have to stand there. There's like a line here, and you have to stand there." That'll be normal for them. And I think we're almost past the point now we can turn it around. This people have accepted it so much um, that that this 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 will just stick. It pains me to say that, and I hate to say that, and it 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 hurts me very much. It, but. Like this, this, this will, I feel this will stick. I feel like there's no other way um, because of the, the way people have accepted it, how fast they've accepted it of how, you know, there's a, there's a movement in Germany right now where people are protesting against this. Right. And there are, they are immediately pushed to the fringes. Like they're, you know, they're marching with Nazis is what you read everywhere. Um, you know, there are nutcases. They're all conspiracy theorists, um, so basically you can't go to a demonstration. Like if I w was going to go to a demonstration like this, people were saying, would be saying, Fab, what are you doing? You're a conspiracy theorist. There's Nazis there. And because you can't be demonstrating against this, right? You can't be, um, if you do not agree with like the mainstream opinion on this stuff, if you say, no, I don't think everybody should be wearing masks and I have my reasons, right? I can, I can cite you, uh, scientific papers. Um, no, no, no. It's all a conspiracy theory and you're pushed to the fringes and you're like, there's, there's no opposition allowed. Um, which by the way, I find that extremely weird because it's kind of like, you know, feel it from, from Germany. I don't, it might be different in where you are. And as usual, please tell me, um, I'm, I'm very, very interested in, in other people's, um, how other countries are dealing with this now, other people are, you know, thinking about this. So, you know, 
private citizen or press, uh, write me. Uh, but you know, in Germany, pretty much 98% of the population is like 95 to 98%. Like what I feel like generally agree with all this, you know, wearing masks in public, you know, all of this stuff. Um, but then there's like 2% or 3% of people who are actually demonstrating. They, they can't even have that, right? There, it's, it's, it's gotten the, the, the political climate's gotten so heated and so screwed up that you, the, the, no dissent at all can be toler, can be tolerated because people are dying and this is all, you know, for all our lives. So that, 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 that tells me this is, this is never going to go back to normal. And I think this is this is why I feel it's kind of fortuitous that I started this podcast when I did. And I'm definitely going to stick with it because I think this is really important. This is the topic. This is the one topic that, you know, that is the topic right now. This is the thing we need to think about, we need to talk about. And, and people like me, I feel, who don't agree with what's going on, um, need to talk, need you know not in every respect but you know need to need to need to talk about this we need to voice our opinion and this is why i'm very thankful um that i don't have any advertisers and i'm, I'm not on any podcast network and i've got nobody who can tell me you know i've got no employer <laughs> get no, nobody nobody can cancel me nobody can tell me what to do especially as long as you keep supporting this podcast i can just do it and i think that's 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 very very important especially especially at this at this time now i mean i always quote i always say m to misbehave at the end and i'm um of course that is um that is a quote uh from malcolm reynolds uh from the movie serenity and it's you know based on the tv show firefly which i'm currently re-watching actually because you know once in a while every few years or even more often Probably every year. I rewatch Firefly. And I generally think it's important because it's the best damn TV show that was ever made. Um, and I would say that I've, <laughs> I've got serenity to toot on my chest. But uh, <laughs> um, I think it's a, especially in this time, it's a very important show. Just trust me, watch Firefly again. Just with the with the current situation in mind, just, just think about the things Mel's saying. Right, there's this early episode where they're talking about the government, and then Mel says, "That's what governments are for—to get in in a man's way." You know, I feel like more and more, um, you know, that's why I resonate. Why you know, when I watched Twilight for the first time uh, in 2005, I think, uh, or even before, but you know, around that time, it resonated with me massively because I feel like that's you know. Mel's whole attitude uh, is like this libertarian attitude. That that is me. Um, it's, it's so much what I what I think imp is important. And you know, when you when you when you when you see that, and you you see how that show deals with with the government and and people's freedoms and how you know they they very much live in a in a society that. In you know, in in the inner planets, which is what you know, Mal being a Bronco, the Independence uh, used to fight against. And there's like this other episode where they have a, a flashback to like uh, Simon, who is um, 
you know, River had just got put in this institution and then the government's doing tests on, on her and he doesn't know that, but he, she sent him some secret messages and he, he's trying to free her, right? He's like, he, I need to figure out what they're doing to her, where she is. And there's this, uh, he, he ends up in, uh, in jail because, uh, he was in a blackout zone and they don't really explain what a blackout zone, but it's basically, he was in a zone where, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't go in a curfew, probably curfews or whatever. You, you weren't allowed to talk to people as an upstanding member of, of society. And he went there and his dad bails him out. And he says, I had to pay 2000 credits. And I went to the store, which goes on my permanent profile. And it's like, you know, they're scanned everywhere. And it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's this, it's the society we're heading towards. And I very much feel, you know, the only thing one can do sometimes, sometimes you got to misbehave. Sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm very much since I was very young, I, I believe, you know, I'm, 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 you know, I'm very much in, in favor of, uh, following laws, but to me, a law has to be just, it has to be, you know, it, it needs to be laws in general need to be, need to have another justification than just it's the law and it's in the book. They need to make sense, Right. The, the fact that it is illegal to shoot somebody makes sense. We don't want total lawlessness in society. You know, and there's, there's a scale. There's some laws that make absolutely no sense whatsoever. And some make complete sense. And, you know, most of them are somewhere in the middle. But there's a point where you have to decide, like, what laws are still, still align with your inner sense of 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 righteousness you know of what is right of what is just and you know often people are libertarians and say well it's taxes taxes are just the government enriches and stuff i don't you know that's that's a point i disagree i think you know generally taxes are very useful right we we need to give the state money they might not be just you know often you know the rich don't, don't get taxed enough and the, the just the people are toiling like you and me um we're paying way too much taxes God, I'm, you know, I'm self-employed. Don't ask me about how much taxes I pay in Germany. You know, I might complain about that, but generally I think taxes are, are good. You know, the state needs money. We need to, we need to finance the state. state. You know, they're spending it for wrong things. You know, I mean, if I was in the US, it's like, why are you spending this much on the military? But okay. Um, you know, but you know, the healthcare system, for example, is very, very important, especially right now. And I'm, I'm okay with funding that, right? But I'm, I'm not okay with, with rules that make no sense or that are just overblown. And the general problem is just, I mean, that's another thing you see in Fireflies, just, you know, this, this, um, in, with the unification, like with the inner planets, right? With the alliance, they are all, it's like all, I don't know, propaganda is such a hard word, but, you know, propaganda in the, in the, in the, in the sense of Bernays, right? In the sense of the original, original word words, it's like you know PR propaganda. It's like all of that. Um, it's all this, this agreement, this enforced compliance, this enforced agreement. You know, they're all, yeah, we all belong together and we're all in this together, and that's something you hear today as well often, and, but it's not really true. Right, there's all these in in Five Light. There's all these settlers on the fringes, you know, that that are getting shafted. And there's all the rich people on the inner plants that are, you know, that are great. But you know, 
if you're against that, if you're against that system, you're, you know, you're, you're an outsider, you're broncoid, you lost the war. Um, and it's, it's, that is, that, that whole thing is, that's what's happening to our society today. There's always, there's two sides, right? You can't have an, as a, as, as your own, as a private citizen, you can't have your own opinion, right? In the US, uh, you either for Biden or you for Trump, right? There's no other way. You, you can't, you can't be, against Trump and against Biden, right? That That is not allowed. And you can't be, um, you can't think that fighting um, diseases and fighting this virus is important, but then have a nu- nuanced opinion of like when to wear a mask or if that's even like, or that we need like, you know, it's like, it's the same thing with scientific consensus in this case. It's something I've been that's been bothering me ever since, you know, the climate change debate started. It's, that's the same thing. It's this enforced compliance. You can't have another opinion, even as a scientist. It's always like ninety-eight percent of all scientists agree. That doesn't matter. That doesn't mean anything, right? Before Galileo, ninety-eight percent of all scientists agreed that the Earth was flat. Somebody comes along and figures out the truth, and then your 98% are worth nothing, right? They're, they're worthless. You know, that the fact that 98% of people agree on something doesn't make it right, but that's like, that's that's what the press implies when they write stuff like that, which is bullshit. They don't know how science works. <laughs> and it's the same thing with this coronavirus thing at the moment. There's like, there's very little, you know, actual science going on because you're not allowed to you know you're not allowed to say something that doesn't comply with what what the i hate to say mainstream because you always get attacked for that but you know you know what i mean what the majority of scientists says right i mean oh no you can't you can't you can't can't disagree with the who because now that we know that, like in the last three four months, the WHO has said things that were completely wrong, which which they changed, uh, uh, yeah. But you can't disagree with them, right? You get you get your video pulled from YouTube because disagreeing with the WHO is not allowed. Um, it's just hell. Oh, the only thing I can say is uh, is watch 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 Firefly again. And, uh, you know, after that, watch Serenity and just listen to Mel. Listen to Mel, because if you listen to this, he could be talking about our situation today. This report is maybe 12 years old. Parliament buried it. And it stayed buried until River dug it up. This is what they feared she knew. And they were right to fear there's a whole universe of folk who are going to know it too. They're going to see it. Somebody has to speak for these people. Y'all got on this boat for different reasons. But y'all come to the same place. So now I'm asking more of you than I have before. Maybe all. As sure as I know anything, I know this. They will try again. Maybe on another world, maybe on this very ground swept clean. A year from now, 10, they'll swing back to the belief that they can make people better. 
And I do not hold to that. So no more running. I am to misbehave. And with that, I think it's time for feedback. I've rented and I told you it's going to be ranty. You know, I mean, just being for hours in, you know, hotline waiting rooms, waiting for incompetent people to not being able to figure out what I want them to do is that does that to me. <laughs> I'm sorry, not sorry. <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about feedback. Got some some nice messages. Uh, first one here from Matt. And uh, Matt had some nice sentiments that I just want to read out. So Matt says, first, I got to say, discovering you and Dan during, you know, Dan from Linux Outlaws I talked about before. Uh, you and Dan during the last six months of Linux Outlaws, uh, the ultra awesome Geek News Radio, and now the timely private citizen, like really fucking timely, um, you've kept me from going nuts at my janitorial job while I try to finish colleague. Colli can't read. I haven't read anything today. I still can't read. While I try to finish college at age 41, mind you. Um, he goes on, but let me just interrupt you. Um, wow. Um, that's fuck, man. That's awesome. That's That takes some serious determination, right? If you're right out of school and you go to college, you're like, yeah, that's the path everybody does and stuff. But, you know. Actually, at that age, you know, getting your, getting yourself, you know, getting your butt out of your chair and you're like, I'm not, I'm not happy with where my life is. I want to change it. And then going to college, well, that is determination. Um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when I said, I don't want to, it's, I mean, that's, that's more determination, but it kind of reminds me, you know, when I said, I don't want, I don't want this test job anymore. I want to do my own thing. You gotta kick yourself in the butt. That's great. Um yeah, and yeah, like I, yeah, like I said before, I I agree with you really fucking timely. <laughs> I didn't even know, but sometimes it works like that, so just gonna keep it going. Aiming to misbehave. Anyway, Matt continues. Two things. First, I just discovered you uh put GNR on Spotify, which you probably mentioned a long time ago, but my brain's frazzled at the best of times. Will you keep it there, please? And second, your privacy podcast about privacy seems a bit light on Warhammer content. Lol. Um yeah, some other people have said this. I'm yeah, that's that's the downside. Um not much Warhammer content here at the moment. I'm kind of busy with the state of the world. <laughs> um to just quickly speaking to the Spotify thing. Now Spotify works like this. Um you know, the private citizens also on Spotify, but they don't host files. So, um the files are hosted uh wherever you host them and then you just give the RSS feed to Spotify and they pull them in. Now I pulled all the DNR files from the server. Um, because I kind of need the space for the private citizen. So I'm sorry about that. So they are not available on Spotify. Um, not available anywhere, really. You know, if I had <laughs> if I had unlimited storage bandwidth and all that, I would have everything still up. You know, GNR would be still be up. Linux Outlaws would be up. Um, but it's like I have limited resources. And I'm like I said, say at the end of every show, I'm really happy that I have the resources I have. Um, and I'm kind of scraping by with what I have, so I gotta, you know, I gotta make some hard so choices sometimes, and that was was one of them. That's also the reason why I, you know, put the website down. It's just like I can't keep this stuff around forever, um, you know, not for a few people who wanna wanna access it. I understand that, and I wish, you know, in a perfect world, this would all still be available, but 
<sighs> God knows the world isn't perfect. Uh, Matt finishes, well, that's all for now, and I always aim to misbehave. Later, dude. Um, and he also says, like, um, I should, like, uh, pardon his, his, his spelling or something. Oh, I didn't put that in here. No, I just, I, don't, I didn't want to misquote him, so let me just... Let me just uh, tell my email program. I need the the scroll mail. Scroll mail jingle. It's the best jingle on um on no agenda. I'm not using scroll mail, but it's still a good jingle. Scroll mail. Scroll mail. Yeah, he says, uh, please don't judge my grammar too harshly. I can code in three languages, but skill can't do English well. And yes, it's my first language. But you can code in three languages. I can barely code in one. Not really. So. All, all is good and I completely I don't know I don't dude I don't judge people's grammar um I don't know why that is my um my grammar was continuously judged because both of my parents are German teachers uh, which probably improved my grammar but you know you know I don't I don't I don't mind I don't you know I, I always get this you always make yeah I'm a journalist right I write for a living and you always make make mistakes and I'm an online journalist I live in a world where there's no editor reading uh, over this right so everything that doesn't get caught by software on my end will just be published and then people are like oh, you get emails like oh you can't write like oh this grammar is wrong is this typo there oh my god that means the article is shit because there's no quality Jesus Christ, people, right? The fact that <laughs> the fact that they're spelling mistakes doesn't mean the research is bad. Um, it it doesn't, right? Okay, there's uh, there's people who can't write, who can't do research, but there's people who can who can have the most amazing writing, but like they can't think straight and they can't fucking do research. I mean, there's a lot of that at the New York Times and at other places. I mean, they all can write. They're probably, they're, their grammar is top-notch. Doesn't mean that, you know, <laughs> they can think. Um, so, yeah, I don't, you know, don't worry. Don't worry, Matt. Um, Mike. Michael Mullen Jensen, friend of the show, spin on the show, um, wrote, um, as I expected, um, he was amused uh, at episode 36. Uh, where I talked about the story from Denmark and there were some Danish names in there from like Danish intelligence services and of course I can't pronounce them anyway Mike says haha I'm only 10 minutes in on episode 36 and I'm already in absolute bits of laughter from Fab's total destruction of my language Ruffle the subject is no laughing matter though so really looking forward to listening to the show uh, I hope uh, you got I hope that I did it justice you know, I, I told Mike, please, if you have any more information, send it to me. I'm looking to do a another episode, follow up on this story, because there's some stuff come to light. What what it actually was that the Danish intelligence service did and, and how other intelligence services from outside Denmark were um, connected to that. So I, I want to I talk more about that. So if anybody, not only Mike, but if anybody has information, please tell me. I just, you know, Mike speaks Danish, so it's like, oh, if it's local... And you can translate it or something, you know, at least bits of it. That would be amazing. Um, yeah, and that's it. Uh, this is a request that goes out to everybody. You are not only listeners, you are producers of this show because, well, potential producers. If you just listen, you're a listener. If you write me an email, uh, then you're a producer. And contact de details are in the show notes. 
um, private citizen press. Uh, this goes to my blog. There's a whole page, all the contact possibilities, uh, some of which are going to change after my move, but I'll update them on there. And of course, you know, there's um, anonymous uh, whistleblower feedback things and stuff like that. And you're also a producer if you uh, support the show. And you can do that by, I have a Patreon and you be, can become a patron. So that's, you know, uh, is a subscription. Um, there are um, some amounts on there that I've uh, set aside that you can use. Um, but I, I, there's also like a custom pledge button. So if you want to use something else, um, do that. So if the... Uh, one thing I've noticed recently, if the amounts look weird to you, so for example, the lowest tier is, I mean, it was set up as $1. It's now $1.16. Um, that is VAT um, because Patreon, which I like about them, um, knows about taxes and they now calculate German taxes correctly and they pay them. So I don't have to do that, which is great. Um, so yeah, so that, this is why the uh, amounts are a bit skewed because... Uh, VAT and also we we Germany is dumb. We changed our VAT uh, from August to December, I think, or was it July? I don't know. Uh, we 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 um, lowered our VAT to make the economy come back after Corona. I don't know. It, it's it's it, it's it, it's idiotic. It's a it's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. They could, you know, if they had just done the Trump thing and just gave everybody two thousand, I think Denmark did that too. Uh, give everybody just like two thousand euros or whatever. Like that would have been so much better. Like this whole VAT, like that that was so much work for everybody. Like all the software had to be changed. You know, all the supermarkets had to. Oh, they had to do all this counting that to change labels and some it's it's horrific anyway let's not get into that uh it's it's part of the everybody's fucking uh incompetent <laughs> rant um so you can use patreon which i which great because it's a subscription so that's great for me because it's kind of like you know something a little bit dependable but you know i understand people don't want that generally or you know some people don't want that so you can also you just use paypal uh the email address is producers at fab dot industries that's my my personal domain producers at fab dot industries it's also where my blog is and you can just paypal me money that way um if you have if you have if you want to contribute in another way maybe a more anonymous one please contact me um we will probably find a way it's just it's hard uh, other other things i've tried and they are hard and you know Oh God, somebody recommended at some point some other system that I looked into and then they were kind of like PayPal, but uh, it's like uh, they don't do tax and then not. Uh, anyway, we'll probably find a way. Anyway, if you do that, I'm I'm much obliged. Um, it's the only, the only way I can do this podcast. I don't want advertising. I don't think I could have advertising. I mean, just listen to that Firefly, you know, aim to misbehave. <laughs> ignore some laws rant like you'd be i'd be canceled in five minutes like look you're advertising on this guy's show and he's saying things like that um yeah um kind of advertising these days if you have if you think for yourself and you have your own opinion that's not how it works so i thank thank everybody who's just contributed to the show um which I'm going to list in a second. But before we do that, I would like to um, give credit to Raul Cabezali, who uh, did the theme song uh, I, you know, licensed for the show. It's called Acoustic Roots. I love it. And then also speaking of the servers, um, 
that I couldn't do the show without Bitemark. Um, they are a UK hoster, bitemark.co.uk. They've provided me with the service I use, kind of the infrastructure. Um, so, I, you know, they don't pay me or anything. It's just like they give, they give me the service they have done. So since I've done Linux Outlaws back in the day and I really, I couldn't do the show without them. I could, I couldn't like it. Th- this would eat. If I had to pay for the bandwidth, it would eat whatever I get in Patreon uh, money and probably, you know, more than that. So um, they kind of keep the show on the road as well. So I thank them every show as well. So thanks to Mark. And then all the people that um, support this show, Monetarily, I would like to thank Michael Mullen Jensen, Jonathan M. Hathi, Georges Walther, Dave, Niall Donegan, Butterbeans, Shelby Kruver, Kai Sears, Vlad, Mark Holland, Steve Hose, uh, 1i11g, that always trips me up, Philip Klosterman, or probably Philip Klosterman, I was just going, I'm, I'm in the English word, Philip Klosterman, uh, Jackie Pleisch, Fadi Mansour, Jaroslav Lichtblau, uh, Joe Poser, IKN, Matt Jellyman, Dirk Didi, I'm, I'm kind of trying to guess, you know, what country the people are from and what, you know, I don't really know. I don't really want to know. I'm just trying to pronounce the names correctly. If I do it wrong, just send me an email. Um, I'm happy to correct myself. Uh, David Potter, Dave Amrish, Mika, Martin, Vitautas Sadowskis, Ricky M, Drive Zero, Barry Williams, Sylvia Vulcan, Jonathan Edwards, SJ, and Richard Gilson. Thanks to all of you. I appreciate it very much. You keep the show running. Can't thank you enough. It would be really interesting if I get people with like real Danish names. Not like Mullen Jensen, I can kind of do that. Yeah, Jensen isn't that hard. But if like, if the <laughs> if this intelligence service becomes like a Patreon subscriber, then things will get really really weird when I try to pronounce everything. <laughs> uh, oh god, now I'm just prompting Mike to change his Patreon name. Don't do that, Mike. That doesn't count. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, thanks to all of you. I very much appreciate it. And as I said before, uh, yes, uh, there will be some disruption in service here, uh, which I can't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm moving. It's just, it's a pain in the ass. But, you know, I'm kind of like, I've, I've resigned myself to the fact I'm not a, I'm not a man that settles down. I've, I think I'm now, uh, oh God, 37. I'm not 37. Um, and you know i've moved a lot i I like to move around i like to see new places uh you know see new things and so it's just a thing i do but you know it's got when you're podcasting um yeah it's it's, it, it it'll lead to some problems especially if you've got fucking incompetent people screwing with your internet connection and not knowing where the fiber is, what the fiber does, what the fiber needs to be connected to, what even is the fiber? <laughs> it's just, so they have different connections in this place, right? And I have fiber there. Uh, but I, there, there's another ISP who is advertising cable. And so I'm talking to the guy from <laughs> from the landlord company, right? I'm talking to him. He's like, so, so this ISP has cable, but there's fiber. And he's like, basically not understanding i'm like figuring out i'm figuring out that he doesn't understand he's like oh i thought fiber was also in a cable and i'm like what (laughs) 
and then I'm talking to like telecom and they have like, they, they were like, okay, we don't know if the fiber is connected, but uh, the, 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 we can give you VDSL. And I'm like, what do you mean DSL? Is there actually like a DSL line? And then the first girl was like, yeah, yeah, sure. And then next day I had the other guy on and he's like, no, no, no. It's just like the, uh, the contract is called VDSL because it's the same speed, but actually it'll go over cable as well. <laughs> like, great. And he's like, wait, there's thousand Mbit here on my, li that's not cable like that's not coax that looks like there's fiber then like, yeah of course there's fiber it's just like you just figure out try to figure out what it's connected to and then know oh, they're researching it they've been researching it for two days i wonder if they i'll ever hear of them again of course at first the emails didn't arrive because they didn't realize that dot industries was a tld they're like appended dot de to it it's like of course they won't get the emails then what the fuck this is Germany's biggest ISP, right? And their their customer people don't even know what TLDs are these days, right? It's not all .com and .de anymore. There's all kinds of shit. There's fucking .hamburg. <sighs> people. We have this saying in Germany, um, which I don't think exists in English. Uh, it's einmal mit Profis arbeiten. It's like this sarcastic saying, it's like, why can't I once, like, why can't, why can't it once be professionals? I deal with it. <laughs> it never is. It never is, people, which is why it's all the more important sometimes to misbehave. And currently I'm misbehaving in like ringing them, ringing all these companies up once a day and writing them emails and just... Just, just staying on their toes and um, making sure that they're working from their fucking home office isolation. Anyway, um, I'll be back. There'll be s hopefully there'll be some more episodes before my move. At the moment, I can't promise anything, but I'll um, know this. I'll try to get episodes out to you whenever I can, and I'll try to get everything back to normal as soon as I can. And. Um, yeah, stay tuned. And you can also probably uh, have a look at fab.industries. Uh, this fab.industries slash blog is uh, where the blog is. And I'm just now making sure that that's true because I don't know for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, fab.industries slash blog. Uh, if something unforeseeable happens, I'll update everybody on there. I can, if worst comes to worst, I'll update that over LTE from my phone or something. <laughs> anyway, uh, see you. See you next time. And then remember. Let's all aim to misbehave whenever we can. It's important to preserve our freedom!